Something was wrong. He must have fallen asleep in a strange position. He opened his eyes slowly, concentrating for a moment. Rocks, from the size of a pea to a man's fist. Ragged and round, all colors, russet and ivory and gray. A confetti of rocks. And the nearby thunder of falling water. But there was something else. Nausea washed through him as he raised his head, but he kept pushing until he'd dragged himself into a sitting position, wincing as the torn flesh on his hands grated against the rocks. His vision wasn't so good. He gingerly patted his face, felt the puffy skin around his left eye, and the tear across his chin. His fingertips came away stained with bright red blood. He was dressed in a suit, but he was sitting on a rocky beach. The swollen waters of a river washed over his loafer-clad feet, but he was so numb he couldn't feel it. He pulled his legs clear of the water with the same sluggish sense of unreality with which he took in his surroundings. Mountains and trees and a rocky riverbank. Rushing water and boulders. The sun was low in the sky. Where was he? How did he get here? He looked upriver and saw the waterfall, and then looked down at his torn gray suit and the cuts and bruises on the skin that showed. Had he fallen down that waterfall? Who was he? Quick now, what was his name? Wait, he must have a wallet with identification of some kind. He patted his soggy suit pockets, but found nothing except a few coins. A tight strap across his chest produced a holster under his jacket, and it still cradled a semi-automatic pistol. What was he doing with a handgun out here of all places? Working on instinct, he pulled back the slide and ejected the clip. He was loaded and ready for... Ready for what? He snapped the gun back together and peered down the shoreline. A small bird perched on the tip of a rock. He moved ten feet to the right and targeted a knot on a piece of driftwood. Five seconds later, he pulled the trigger. The wood disintegrated as the startled bird flew toward the trees. The gun worked. But the shot echoed along the riverbank, and it came to him with a jolt that he just announced his exact location as though issuing a challenge. The hair on the back of his neck stood up. The nearby trees sprouted eyes. Head spinning, he stumbled to his feet and once again glanced at the sun. It was not only lower in the sky, but drifting behind darkening clouds. He'd been going from one chore to the next at a steady pace, but it must have been in slow motion. There couldn't be more than an hour or two of daylight left, and once the sun went down, the temperature would drop. There was already a bluish cast beneath his fingernails, and if he didn't make a point of forbidding it, his teeth clattered together. But which way did he go? His gut said he'd come from on top of the bluff. No way could he get back up there before dark. There was no point in following the river, and there was no hope of crossing it.
he turned toward the forest and started walking. There wasn't a part of him that didn't hurt. As he limped under the evergreen cover, he tripped, falling heavily onto the needled floor. His intention was to get up, keep going. Instead, he closed his eyes and sank gratefully into oblivion. Paige Graham left the Pollock's cabin soon after dinner, driving off into the rain without looking back. They were nice people, and she'd welcomed their company, even if they were at least a generation her senior. Over the course of the evening, she'd learned a lot about them. He was a retired Chicago cop on a pension, and she was a retired first-grade teacher. They'd raised four kids and had seven grandchildren. They lived in this area of remote Wyoming mountains year-round, modern-day pioneers who enjoyed a challenge.